Good morning, church. It is beautiful that you are with us online. Um, Anywhere you are this morning, I just really pray and I believe that God is going to speak to you. He has a word for you. He's just using me to speak to you this morning. So let's start with my title. The title of my message is, That's Not My Spirit. Everyone say that or put it in the chat. That's not my spirit. Have you ever been in a funk, in a rut, a place where you just blah. You don't know how you got there. You don't know how to get out. Um, I've had a few of them recently and I'm sure you would have too. But I found myself in a place also of making um, making the blame game really easy to, to come by. So blaming the current world situation, you know, blaming lockdowns, blaming the ups and downs of emotions and all of that kind of stuff. But this this statement I heard years ago from one of my favourite preachers, it's always stuck with me and it is so relevant now. It is this, my spirit, my responsibility. In other words, my spirit is my responsibility. Or to put it another way, what happens around me may not be my responsibility, but what is happening inside me is my responsibility. Amen. More than ever before, now is the time for us to take personal responsibility over our spirit and what we allow to influence us and affect us. Amen. So during these funky moments I've been in, I've found myself often saying statements like, that's not me, that's not the me that I know. Why am I like this? Or what's going on here? And actually taking some time in prayer and thinking about it, I could see under the surface what was actually going on. It wasn't just a normal problem. It wasn't just a physical problem that I was in a funk. It was a spiritual problem. A spirit was trying to access my life or influence me. See, it's so important. We need to understand that fear and anxiety, sadness and etc etc these aren't just natural issues they are spirit issues and the in in what i mean by that they are spirits that are, are, are trying to control the atmosphere of our life so just like in our recent series which was amazing god money and me we learned that money has a spirit it's not just a worldly commodity but it has a spiritual influence and we can choose that influence to be for good or for evil. We choose, we decide. Who knows there is a spiritual battle going on? Heck yes. (laughs) This is not just a pandemic. There is a spiritual battle going on. Um, The Bible reminds us constantly about the battle of the spiritual forces that are at work, not just in the earth, but in our lives. Ephesians 6 points us to The fact and the truth that the wrestle is not with flesh and blood, but with spiritual forces of evil. Earlier in chapter 2, Paul makes a clear distinction between our new spirit life and our old former life. He says this, I'll paraphrase it for you. When we were dead in our sin, following the rest of the world, we obeyed the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and and the inclinations of our sinful nature, but not anymore. 
By God's great mercy and love, he made us who were spiritually dead, spiritually alive. See, the battle is between the life of the spirit and the life of death or the spirit of Satan. The bottom line is we are in control of which spirit we allow to influence our lives. So the question for you and me is, am I following the spirit of God or am I following the spirit of the world? I'm noticing it's too easy lately to let the other spirits that are actually inferior to the spirit of God come in and drive my life. Some of these spirits spirits you might have experienced too. Negativity, criticism, depression, loneliness, isolation, sickness, distress. They're not just physical problems. They are spiritual issues that there is a spiritual battle going on. And I have four words for you today, church, and I want you to yell them out wherever you are after me. That's not my spirit. You say that in your lounge room. That's not my spirit. Whatever spirit the world is trying to put on you, Satan's trying to put on you, that is not my spirit. And I want us to get aggressive in our holy anger today about what's going on in the spiritual realm. You know, Judy um, called me, Judy Hutch called me yesterday and, and said she gathered the prayer girls and they are just storming heaven for what is going on at the moment because they realise it is a spiritual battle. It's not just a physical sick virus that is going around. So, four words, that's not my spirit. Um, let's read out of 1 Corinthians 2, 9 to 14. Bear with me, this is a big passage, but you'll follow it on the screen. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined or can comprehend what God has prepared for those who love him. It, but it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit, for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deepest secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except a person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the spirit of the world, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the spirit, using the spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. In other words, God is spirit. Therefore, he speaks to us through his spirit to our spirit. In other words, he transforms our spirit through his spirit. Or in other words, we know and understand God with our spirit, not with our heart or mind. Without spiritual access, we are just wondering. In essence, I have three easy keys right now that I just want to remind you of. If you need to be reminded of this, this is for you. We have been given God's spirit, number one. Number two, we can see and understand God's spirit. And number three, we can live out of God's spirit. 
So this is actually a reminder today. We have been set up to win. We are not on the losing side. We have been given God's spirit, not a spirit of the world. And this is what we need to position ourselves on, in confidence, in trust. Amen. So I don't need to question how am I going to get through this lockdown number seven or how am I going to do, do all the ups and downs of life or is God still with me? I don't need a question. How am I going to survive or am I going to survive? Because I have been given God's spirit, not the world's spirit. And so this is a rejection of the spirit of the world and an embracing God's spirit. This is where our faith gets active. We have to reject the spirit of the world and embrace the spirit of God. Everyone say, that's not my spirit. That's not my spirit. Amen. Um, Our amazing friends, I may as well use their names, Sean and Rena Smith. You might know him. He's a kids entertainer. We were having an awesome FaceTime chat with them um, a few weeks ago and they were saying how as soon as COVID hit and they started to notice it was getting really serious, they were like, okay, cool. We're going to go opposite to what the world's doing. We're going to sow. We're going to give a big generous gift into a different ministry instead of retreating or holding on to or withdrawing or saving for hard times. They, they said, that's not our spirit. COVID's not our spirit. Fear's not our spirit. No way. We are going to give more than ever before um, because with COVID, he can't go anywhere. He can't bless minister to churches. That's their job. That's his income. And so they did not retreat and didn't, um, they didn't step down into the, to the inferior spirit of the world. They stood up and they said, that is not my spirit. And that just filled us with so much faith. That was so inspiring that I'm like, that's cool. That is not my spirit. We are not people who retreat and withdraw. We are those who go forth in courage. Amen. So um, um, let's go through some things that aren't your spirit. These are not your spirit. Now, there's 16 different spirits in the Bible that are from Satan, but we're just going to look at a few today. And I don't have time to go through all the scriptures and they're not on the screen. So write them down or listen back later. But let's talk about a few of them that aren't your spirit, aren't your spirit, okay? Fear, that's not my spirit. So a next announcement from whatever, wherever you hear it. Okay, not not my spirit. Listen to what it's saying, but do not accept the spirit of fear. How much do we need this scripture right now? 2 Timothy 1.7, I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. 1 Timothy 2, oh, 2 Timothy 1 7. Maybe some of us need to go meditate on that. The next spirit that's not our spirit is a spirit of distress. Now, that came upon Saul in the Old Testament in 1 Samuel 16. And he didn't have the spirit of God in him like we do now, but he knew he needed to act on something and do something to break this. He, he decided, I'm going to get David with his little harp or lyre and come and play for him. And so he understood that music, worship, hymns, spiritual songs, whatever David was playing was going to break what spirit was on Saul. And as soon as David ministered to him in music, it's, the Bible says the spirit departed 
But how much more now that we have the spirit in us, we actually have the ability to say, no, that's not my spirit, a spirit of distress. When the world looks crazy and even getting crazier, which it seems like some days, we can say, no, no, I do not have a spirit of distress. That's not my spirit. Amen. Okay, another spirit that may try and attach itself to you like a leech oh, is a critical spirit. This one is a big one and I'm not going to go in and explain this because most of us know what it is to have a critical spirit. You may just think you're being judged, you know, judging the season or whatever, but just be mindful and careful that a spirit of criticism does not come on you. Okay, this is not God's will for us. So Matthew 7 is about that. Go look that up. Um, next one, the things that aren't my spirit, a spirit of heaviness. That's not my spirit. No way, not, not on my watch. A spirit of heaviness does not belong to me. That's what you need to say to the devil, to the world, whatever is trying to come at you. You know, this manifests itself in mourning or really like deep sorrow and grief or even insomnia or self-pity or rejection, despair, hopelessness, depression, suicidal thoughts. They're not just physical issues. This is a spiritual issue. A spirit of heaviness is trying to suppress you and all that God has for you. So you just need to say, that's not my spirit. Even if I feel heavy, no, I do not have a spirit of heaviness. You can shake that off in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, a few more. You've probably read some in the Bible, but a spirit of infirmity sounds like a weird word for those of you who don't read the Bible. All it is is people who experience sickness or deafness or blindness. They're mute. You know what? You can say by the power of the Holy Spirit, that's not my spirit. Jesus went about casting out that spirit a lot in the New Testament. He knew he had authority over it. And so do we, because the Bible also says, if we believe in Jesus, we will do greater things than he did. That's crazy. Okay, um, an antichrist spirit is not your spirit. It may be the people of those who talk around you at your workplace or at your school, but I do not have an antichrist spirit. When you hear slander against Jesus Christ, they're not just bagging out the church or Jesus. They are, they've, they've got a spirit of antichrist and the it talks about that in the whole Bible. So that's not my spirit. And neither is a spirit of slavery, which is Romans 8. We did not receive a spirit of slavery, but we received a spirit of sonship. And so I just believe right now we need to be reminded of what we have received. If you are wondering, how, how the heck am I going to get through what is going on in the world? You need to remind yourself of what the Bible says. This is the 24-hour good news channel. It is. And even if you need to, you know what? If you listen to the news, if you watch the blurbs, if you watch all that stuff, do that. Great. Be informed. But if you need to straight away put some worship music on, if you need to straight away read a scripture after a press conference hearing or listening, do that. This is actually protecting your spirit from the spirits of the world that are going to try and attach themselves to us. I hope that makes sense to you this morning. Okay, so those are some of the things that are not your spirit in Jesus' name. I believe lasting change happens first in the spirit of a person. 
just like salvation takes first takes place first in your spirit, your inner man, your the deep within a person. This is not just a shallow transformation or change, but a deep spiritual way of transforming. So the first verse I want to, um, I think, is key to understanding this, and they're quite similar, but it's it's different. I'll show you. Is Romans twelve two, and you know this. Paul says. Don't copy the behaviour or the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. The next one is this, similar but different. Ephesians 4.23 in the Amplified. Paul says, And be continually renewed in the spirit of your mind having a fresh, untarnished mental and spiritual attitude. So one scripture says, transform your mind. And then another scripture says, be transformed or be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And it made me research and think, what does that mean? So Paul takes this, I reckon, another layer deeper. He he experienced a deeper revelation that positive thinking isn't going to cut it. There needs to be a transformation in the inner man, in the spirit of your mind to bring about long-lasting change. Let's have a look at what this means quickly. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So be renewed means having a fresh, untarnished spiritual attitude, regenerated, renovated, made completely new, changed for the better, a new development, a renewal achieved by God's power. So that's what be renewed means. It's not just change a little bit. It's complete renovation. In the spirit of your mind, your mind is not just a mind. Your mind has a spirit. What this means is in the spiritual nature of your inner man and in the spirit, well, what does spirit mean? Numa, breath and wind. This means to me we need to be renewed in what washes over, breathes over and passes over our minds. I'm going to say that again. Listen carefully. We need to be renewed in what washes over, breathes over and passes over our mind. Isn't our mind a tape recorder sometimes? Or not a tape recorder, that thing that like just rolls on and on and on and we like play the scenarios in our head. We need to be renewed by what washes over the spirit of our mind. So don't just change your mind. We need to change the spirit of your mind. And the only way we can do that is by the Holy Spirit and his power. Is anyone getting anything this morning? I hope you are. I am loving this. As I'm preaching it, I'm getting more revelation myself. So thank you, God. Okay, we read this scripture before, but we are going to look at it again. 2 Timothy 1, 7, out of the Amplified. For God did not give us a spirit of fear. That's not my spirit. Or of timidity. That's not my spirit. Or cowardice. That's not my spirit either. But he has given us a spirit of power, of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline. And what this says in the Amplified is this is the ability that results in a calm and well-balanced mind and self-control. 
So what is your spirit? If you're struggling, you're like, well, then what spirit do I need to like attach to? And what, what is God trying to give me? Well, God has given us lots of stuff, but three things out of this scripture we're going to look at this morning. You can say to these three things, that's my spirit. So number one, I have received a spirit of power. A spirit of power. Now, Pastor Andrew's message last week was all about power and authority. Please go back and listen to it. You will seriously be so helped by it. This word power is dynamous or dunamis or however you say it. It means miraculous power, might and strength. Having ability properly the properly able to perform and this is what I love you know it means power to achieve by the Lord's inherent abilities efficiency energy amen I need some of that miraculous ability um, and I was thinking about this you know the first century disciples they totally understood this because despite lockdowns and lockups and prisons and charges against them, their power and boldness did not shrink. They did not succumb to the inferior spirit um, of the world. No, they stood up in the spirit of power and boldness, even though they, their lives were under threat. And I think, man, we're not even being persecuted as much as they were. Um, so what an encouragement for us. This is um, one of my favourite scriptures and it's not just a something I have on the wall. It is something I've seriously held on to for like a while now. This is what helps me get through every day. 2 Peter 1.3, my favourite. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and goodness. So if you're doubting whether you have everything you need, read 2 Peter 1, 3 over you. Read it maybe three or four or 10 or 20 times. And I, I promise you, reading this scripture will seriously change your perspective and remind you, you have been given a spirit of power to be able and to be efficient in all that God's called you to do. So power and ability and efficiency that's my spirit. Yeah, I'll have that, thanks. That's what God's given to me and that's what, given, that's what God has given to you. Robert Ferguson says this, On our own, we act within our ability, but with the spirit, we act beyond our ability. I love that. Only the Holy Spirit can help us act beyond our ability. You know, who knows that we're in a good spot when our strength isn't enough? Amen. <laughs> Because his is. So if you're feeling like your strength isn't enough, you don't have what it takes, you're really struggling, that is a good place this morning to be reliant and trusting in God and his truth that he has given you not just power, but a spirit of power in Jesus' name. It's not just our strength partnering to God's strength. Remember, this is the Christian walk. It's often our weakness partnering with his strength it's like when I play trains with Hurley the you know the magnets like never always match up it's always a positive and negative so our 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 negative our weakness and God's positive it's always going to connect can I encourage you that to, with that today so number one you have received a spirit of power that is your spirit number two you have received a spirit of love 
So this love word is the agape word. It's goodwill, benevolence, esteem. It actually involves how we treat others. This spirit of love is the opposite spirit to hate and fear. So in in your life, throughout your day, when you hear of hate and fear, you need to remind yourself that is not a spirit that God has given you or that you need to accept. No, no, that's not my spirit. I've been given a spirit of love and not just love, but a spirit of love. 1 John 4, 13, 15 to 19, it's... um. An amazing scripture, actually, I think, well, let's quickly read it. Yes. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our very eyes and now testify that the father sent his son to be the saviour of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the son of God have God living in them and they live in God. And we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And we live in God, our love grows, and as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this just shows us that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he first loved us. I'm just going to say to you this morning, there's only one, there's only room for one spirit to occupy us. And the choice is yours. Is it going to be love or is it going to be fear? Because they both can't take the place of your life. Okay, love and fear are not just emotions, they are spirits. Fear is just as infectious as a virus. And I would encourage you, why don't we be infectious with our love in this season? In Jesus' name, amen. So the spirit of God is the spirit of love. So when we love, we are experiencing God's presence. When we are in God's presence, we are in love. My question to you, when was the last time you took some time and feasted on God's love for you? Like if, if perfect love is the only thing that's going to drive out fear, when was the last time you were in perfect love, you were in God's presence, you were in worship, you were in his word? I really hope that's a challenge and that's a, a good challenge for you today to when you are feeling like the world is caving in, jump into a place of perfect love with God in Jesus' name. I've said this before, but you actually have the ability out loud to say, I say no to fear and yes to love. It's actually been made a song and I love this song. No to fear, yes to love. And even just you speaking it out takes control of the atmosphere. So when you're watching or hearing news or hearing stories or hearing bad news like we always do, I'm going to say no to fear and yes to love and really protect and guard what's happening inside. Okay, amen. Let's finish up. Number three. Well, number one, you've received a spirit of power, a spirit of love, number two. And number three, that's my spirit, a spirit of self-control. Now, I'm not talking about how many donuts you're going to eat from Sears, six or 12. That's up to you. (laughs) This is a much deeper level of self-control. This means a sound mind. See, self-control in your body starts in your mind. Sound judgment and personal discipline. 
abilities that result in a calm and well-balanced mind self-control. This can prevent us from slipping into a spirit of despair. Amen? So when we acknowledge that we've been given a spirit of self-control, we are driving out that spirit of despair, that spirit of loneliness, that spirit of fear. We're driving it out with the truth in Jesus' name. Isn't um, self-control totally not the world's spirit? It's actually the opposite to the, world, to the spirit of the world is undisciplined, unsound and unsubmitted people, lives. And that is not our spirit in Jesus' name. A practical tool for this I um, learned years ago when we were doing cleansing streams or personal freedom here at the church is the alignment prayer. And I really, I just want to finish with this. It's a really practical tool, but that it will cause a spiritual change. It's called the alignment prayer. And it just means physically you say out loud, body, line up to my soul, soul, line up to my spirit and spirit, line up to the spirit of God. See, I need to see my body, soul and spirit in submission to God's Holy Spirit and this is a great tool that helps us to access and to um, realise that we have the spirit of self-control living in us. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to read one more scripture and then we're going to pray. Romans eight twelve to 13. It's not on the screens, but just listen to this. Lean in. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. In other words, don't you see that we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life anymore? There's nothing in it for us, nothing at all. The best thing to do is give it a decent burial. Get on with your new life. God's spirit beckons. There are things to do and places to go. See, the only way we can put to death the controlling nature of our flesh is by the Holy Spirit. You can try. I've tried in my own strength. I've tried to get, you know, kick that habit and do this and change my mind. And it works to some extent. But true, lasting, spiritual change happens when we reject the spirit of the world and accept the spirit of God and his work in our life. So my question to you is this. Are you experiencing the full power of the Holy Spirit? Do you realise what you've been given? The power of love, the power of the um, the spirit of power, the power of a sound mind. Do you realise that you have been given the spirit of God, not the spirit of the world? I hope you realise that this morning. Um, And another thing, I would just ask you right now, wherever you are, ask yourself, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today out of this? Do I need to get a bit more vicious in my approach to rejecting, you know, the spirit of fear and of the world? And do I need to get a bit more active in my embracing of what you're doing in my life? I would love to pray for you. Why don't you close your eyes wherever you are and um, just really be open to what Holy Spirit's saying to you. Heavenly Father, thank you that your, your will for us is life. 
You gave your life so we could have life to the full. We don't need to struggle because you bore all the pain, all the sickness, all the disease on the cross. Lord, and I just pray right now that people, your people would get an understanding, a revelation, new, be renewed in their thinking, in the spirit of their mind, in what you have given us, how much power, how much authority. We are not powerless. God, you have set us in a good place of reliance on your Holy Spirit. And I just pray right now that you would break the chains in people's hearts and minds and bring about breakthrough as they embrace the spirits that you have given them. A spirit of wisdom, a spirit of love, a spirit of power and of sound mind and discipline in Jesus' name. You know, if you've been um, listening to me and, and you don't even know what it's like to have a relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You know, in my prayer, I pray that Jesus gave his life so that you would experience life. That's what he did. That's the gospel. So that you wouldn't have to try and get to heaven on your own or make it, you know, have a perfect life. No, no. The Holy Spirit, God and Jesus have already done all it takes. And we just need to trust and believe and rely on his sacrifice, his life for us. And so I would just say, if you want to get connected with Jesus, then why don't you contact us? There'll be something that comes up on the screen or why don't you visit our church website, harvestchurch.org.au and we can connect you with your true maker, your creator and really set you up to win in this life, in faith, in love and in hope, in Jesus' name. Bless you, church. Thank you so much. I hope that you're encouraged today and we'll be seeing you so soon.